0: Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 Therefore laying aside falsehood Speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor For we are members of one another For his name's sake Prescribe truth, we are giving you what the doctor ordered Jamal Bandy, apologist, the Lord's servant We undeserving, but Christ changed our mind frame In a world full of errors The only thing the doctor prescribes is truth What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Prescribed Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Jamal Bandy, the one who seeks to distribute the truth that the doctor prescribes to the church and the world today. Also a part of the Christian podcast community. If you'd like to contact me, you can do so by emailing me at truth at gmail.com or you can call me and the number is in the description or in the show notes. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by joining me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash prescribed truth for only a dollar or more a month. You can support this podcast and this the YouTube ministry and just keeping it going. Thank you so much for those of you who continually to give monthly to this project and to this work. I'm I'm totally grateful to you guys. Words cannot explain. Um this week I got to talk about the letter read all around the world. You heard about the shot that was heard around the world? Well this was the letter that was read all around the world. We're talking about John MacArthur, y'all. Johnny Mack has done it again. Came through with the letter to the government said we will not comply with this order to shut us down. We will continue to worship and serve our true King. We won't serve Caesar, but we'll serve Christ. And guys I'm Truly encouraged by this move by John MacArthur. I don't know what kind of persecution would come after this. I heard that the government had, um, uh, threatened to shut his lights off if he continued to, to, um, have service, but they had service Sunday and their, their lights were still on. You can view the service online. That matter of fact, they had morning and evening service and there was no interruptions. <laughs> they called that bluff. Man, I am so encouraged. Like, this is the kind of stuff we need. And I know some people gave him some slack because it took him a while. But even in his letter, he they went over why they took as long as they did. And the reason makes sense is as if they was giving the government the benefit of the doubt that, you know what, just in case they are telling the truth that this is this is as dangerous as they're making it seem with COVID-19. You know, we're, we're going to hold back. You know, we're going to hold back. But. Then they realized that, huh, um, it's not what it seems. It's a political move. And while they're trying to shut our churches down, they're still allowing for protests, allowing for protests, allowing the liquor stores to be open, allowing Planned Parenthood to stay open and people go there and still get abortions. They're allowing all these things to happen and continue, but wanting to shut down the church and gatherings, you know, and so. He, they noticed the inconsistencies as a lot of us have already noticed it, but it's like they tried to give the government a benefit of the doubt, you know? And so, yeah. Now this, um, this actual letter is viewable on their website at gracechurch.org. Um, I will post a link to it in the um, description as well. So you guys can click on it and read it. Um, it's a lot here and I don't want to read the whole thing, but I just want to read this portion where he talks about the reasons or why they complied in the beginning. I thought it was very good, um, well thought out, Um, though necessarily I'm glad that my local church, that we didn't shut down our services. We did. um, In the beginning, we had the live streams via Zoom and those of us who were in, you know, basically who were come. It was like a few of us that will come and, you know, I will help with the camera and someone else is probably helping with something else and whatever. And but we're still sitting within the service, but it's like six of us, 10 of us, maybe at the most. And, you know, trying to comply with the order of not having, you know, more than 10 people or at a time more than eight people. But then we started to get more relaxed. And so now we're starting to have service where we we're starting to have more of our congregation in. And, but we're, we're complying with the social distancing. You know, we're trying to accommodate for at least six feet apart and so on and so forth. But, you know, everybody's not wearing masks and, you know, we're able to serve the Lord and we're worshiping together once again. And uh, we're still accommodating those who would rather be online. So we're having both, but man, I'm, I'm thankful that we didn't completely shut our church down, you know, and there's so many churches who didn't completely shut their church down, which I am so grateful for and we have these churches who have decided not to have service for the rest of the year shut their doors for the rest of the year guys that is so crazy so crazy you know and this is stuff going around talking about john lehman who criticized macarthur for this letter saying that you know well even though his church is shut down or his church is supposed to be shut down but christ church can still remain open so people can have small groups but that's that's not how the biblical church was supposed to be, even in during the apostles days when they didn't have a literal church building. You know, there was a gathering of a plethora of people, you know, not just 10 people in a home. You talking about a bunch of people enough where there needed to be elders and deacons present. You know, they, they wasn't just having private Bible studies, you know. So this is it's crazy. The 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 difference the different stances people are taking in the midst of this chaos and not going along with what scripture teaches as far as how the church is supposed to conduct themselves now i know i said a lot on that went on a little tangent and i'm sorry about that but man i mean i'm i'm excited about this and i'll tell you some of my concerns towards the end of this so um in the portion of the letter where it says adanum and I, you know and i'm probably pronounced that wrong but it a d d e n d u m adidum That's how (laughs) that's how I'm pronouncing it. It says the elders of Grace Church considered and independently consented to the original government order, not because we believe the state has a right to tell churches when, whether or how to worship. To be clear, we believe that the original orders were just as much. I'm sorry. the, The original orders were just as much an illegitimate intrusion of state authority into ecclesiastical matters as we believe it is now. However, because we could not possibly have known the true severity of the virus and because we care about people as our Lord did, we believe guarding public health against serious contagions is a rightful function of Christians as well as civil government. Therefore we voluntarily follow the initial recommendations of our government. It is, of course, legitimate for Christians to abstain from the assembly of saints temporarily in the face of illness or an imminent threat to public health. And this is the thing, man, the way the government tried to set itself up is making it seem like they care more about God's people than the actual leaders who God put in place to care for them you know then you have people you know trying to use god's you know uh use god's language by saying you should love your neighbor you should love your neighbor as yourselves you're not loving your neighbor because you're still gathering at church and everything else like you have no clue what the scriptures really teach about love not at all you know and so like yes it's, it's it goes without saying that if there was a true imminent danger it would be unloving for a pastor to continue to have service And risk the safety and well-being of the sheep. And so, you know, he took precaution or they took took precautions. And it says when the devastating lockdown began, it was supposed to be a short term stopgap measure with the goal to, quote unquote, flatten the curve. Y'all remember that that doggone quote, flatten the curve, flatten the curve, flatten the curve. And with all this precaution people taking, they still come out. Numbers are spiking. Numbers are spiking. Numbers are spiking. And it's all been being blamed on, well, people ain't wearing their masks. People ain't this and that. No, more people wearing their masks now than it was in the beginning. <laughs> more people wearing masks now than they were back in March and April. Yet numbers are still spiking. C- come on, give me a break. And so it says, uh, flatten the curve, meaning they wanted to slow the rate of infection to ensure the hospitals weren't overwhelmed. And there were horrific projections of death. In light of those factors, our pastors supported the measures by observing the guidelines that were issued for churches. But we did not yield our spiritual authority to the secular government. We said from the very start that our voluntary compliance was subject to change if the restrictions dragged on beyond the stated goal or politicians unduly intruded into church affairs Or if health officials added restrictions that would attempt to undermine the church's mission, we made every decision with our own burden of responsibility in mind. We simply took the early opportunity to support the concerns of health officials and accommodate the same concerns among our church members out of a desire to act in an abundance of care and reasonableness. Then he puts uh, Philippians four five, which says, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. And I want to read this last paragraph. This is actually the last paragraph of the letter. But we are now more than 20 weeks into the unrelieved restrictions. It is apparent that those original projections of death were wrong and the virus is nowhere near as dangerous as originally feared. Still, roughly 40 percent of the year has passed with our church essentially unable to gather in a normal way. Pastors' ability to shepherd their flock has been severely curtailed. The unity and influence of the church has been threatened. Opportunities for believers to serve and minister to one another have been missed. And the suffering of Christians who are troubled, fearful, distressed, infirm, or otherwise in urgent need of fellowship and encouragement has been magnified beyond anything that could reasonably be considered just or necessary. Major public events that were planned for 2021 are already being canceled, signaling that officials are preparing to keep restrictions in place into next year and beyond. That forces churches to choose between the clear command of our Lord and the government officials. Therefore, following the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, we gladly choose to obey him. Praise God. Praise God, man. 20 weeks, 40% through the year. No, no end in sight concerning the craziness that's beyond COVID-19. Guys, the numbers don't match. The numbers don't match as far as what they told us it will be like. The spiking in numbers and all that stuff. When you have people getting killed by a motorcycle accident, then being claimed to be a COVID-19 death case. Yeah, something's wrong with that. I mean, they're doing it for one. How many others are they doing this to? But even if you count those as deaths, the numbers is still in the the less than one percentile. You still ninety nine point nine percent. You still have a chance of surviving COVID-19 if you get it. Ninety nine point nine percent. Yo, that ain't you. (laughs) Come on, guys. It don't take a rocket scientist to realize that you have a least likely chance of dying from COVID-19 than you do from getting hit by a car. I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, I I, I would have a more chance of getting hit by a car just walking out, jaywalking in the middle of the busiest street in my city than to die of COVID-19. Even if I catch it. Yo, why are we shutting down our churches? And it's the thing, the the hypocrisy in all of this. Shut down your churches. You shouldn't meet. Y'all are crazy for, for going here. Don't wear your mask and all that stuff. When you had protesters in the streets, politicians praising them, encouraging them to continue. Church officials, church officials, David Platt telling, encouraging people to go out and protest though he shut his church down. Wow. Wow. The hypocrisy. Yo, I am so thankfully encouraged by John MacArthur. And, and the elders at Grace Community Church for their boldness. Um, I'm praying for them because I'm telling you my concerns now with this. And, and I know and I'm hoping that it causes a lot more churches to be emboldened with the truth of the, of the gospel and the truth of the Bible that they will stand with Christ versus standing, um, and bowing to the government, you know, unnecessarily, let's say. And I'm not saying there's any to be any necessary reason to bow, but I hope you understand what I mean by that. But I'm hoping that we embolden other churches to do the same, to do the same and to stand on God's word. And with that, guys, there's going to be persecution. There's going to be more persecution, you know. And if you don't see this as a small, just like just a drop in the bucket of what the government actually wants to do with the church. You know, I, I don't I don't know what to say. I mean, there's th- this is not the only issue the church is going to have to take a stance on. This is one of them. But this is the only one. I mean, you still have well, right under our noses. We still have the LGBTQ coming on through with their laws and policies. Eventually, the churches are not going to be able to say anything against what they do and how they live. You know, and, and the government gonna be telling us how we should preach the gospel. And we're going to have to take a stance or we're going to bend. And bow the knee. What will you do? What will you do in the midst of all this? If you're bowing the knee to COVID-19, then you're going to bow the knee to everything else that comes. Take a stand now. Prepare yourself for what's to come. I'm, I'm preaching to myself, too, and anyone else who is willing to listen. Be willing to stand up for Christ or be ready to fall for anything. Remember, this world is full of errors. But the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth blessings.
1: Hello everyone, Daniel Minick here. I host a podcast called Truth Espresso, and I am inviting you to join in. So what can you expect at Truth Espresso? Well, at Truth Espresso, we wake up our minds every Monday with a robust shot of truth. Let's dig deep in the word of God as we get to know our God better together. Let's challenge our view of the world as we take apart conventional politics with a fine-toothed comb. See all that Truthspresso has to offer by going to www.truthespresso.com. And by the way, Truthspresso is now a member podcast of the growing family of the Christian podcast community check out other faith-building shows at christianpodcastcommunity.org hosted by Striving for Eternity Ministries.